It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, the Atlanta Braves suggest trust us, Mr. Strider. And now that we're starting to see on the field what these acquisitions bring to the table for the Falcons, will we also see an uptick for a couple of veterans? And last but not least, and for the culture, I like this Jeff T. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1s your first listener of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day 1s is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But coming up in 10 minutes, whew, the Falcons made some acquisitions. But how are they going to benefit some of the guys that were already on the team? We'll discuss that in our second segment. But first, we have to talk about the Atlanta Braves getting the L last night. They got swept by the Boston Red Sox. Yes, I just said that. That did happen. A team who is, what, three or four games out of the wild card in their in their league, and they just got, you know, the Braves got swept by a team like that. Now, uh, five to three, they take the L. And T, one of the things that I think that really stood out last night, we got a chance to see Pierce Johnson. And we understand why. The Colorado Rockies traded Pierce Johnson by what happened last night. And also, a guy who's been giving people ulcers all year is Kirby Yates. You know what I'm saying? He actually didn't come. He was shaky as well. So I, I think that for those reasons, T, I understand that Snicker might wanted to get a, a, an eye of the guy they just brought in. But my whole thing is, overall, I feel like you should trust the guy who is making a good case for being a Cy Young candidate this year in Spencer Strider. He was only at, at, he was at six in the third at that point. He only had 91 pitches, 10 strikeouts, and only one walk. T. Why did Brian Snicker pull this guy at the, in that moment? Yeah, it really is questionable because, again, this is a Spencer Strider that, like you said, showed all the control that you'd hope to see 91 pitches is absolutely nothing for Spencer right. Strider, right? He was yeah. already at 10 strikeouts, which, by the way, when you look at four straight games of 10 strikeouts or more, something that has essentially never been done in Braves history, and then you look at him being at the top of the majors, now with 199 strikeouts, by the way, why not let him get his 11th strikeout of the game? Why not let him try for even 12 or 13. I just think at the end of the day, that's probably where you want to go. I, like you said, I would live or die by my guy Strider and just see what it is that he can give me, even if just to get out of that inning, because we've seen him get out of jams over and over again, whenever he's at his best. And I think that we've seen him at his best of late. So yeah, two earned runs, three runs for the game that it just, I don't know. I just feel like at that point, the game kind of, well, we know the game kind of turned on a dime. You you have one run, then you have three runs, then you have another one that are given up, and it just kind of goes downhill from there. Now, in all fairness, this is also what the Red Sox are known for because they are fourth in the majors in comebacks this season. So this is actually what they do 
But that also Far makes you a course, point. Yeah. And my point, which is yeah. if you know it's a comeback team that can immediately take advantage of someone coming in in relief, then you leave your starter in, it seems. Yeah. And that's and it, it seems like it's an easy decision because, like I said, all the things we just mentioned, right? Like we talk about what Spencer Strider has been on pace for, what, almost 300 strikeouts, you know what I mean? So I think those are some of the things, like you just say, when you don't have your guys in there, when you are struggling, you know, with, you know, injuries and all that stuff, and you do have some guys who are familiar to you. We talked about Charlie Strider. I mean, Charlie Strider. Um, <laughs> Charlie Morton, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, struggling yesterday. And you have a guy who's coming in who's been, like you said, he's been on a, t- a, ten, a strikeout some more streak these last few uh, uh, outings, like, it, it's an easy decision. It's an easy decision. Another decision, T, that I, I, I kind of question, I'm just sitting up here like, all right, this is just what really got the game in a weird space for me. When, you know, he had two runners on, you had runners on first and third, and you got to play, run up on the plate, and then as soon as you come to the plate, you get Forrest Raw, and you send him on, on the, uh, you send him, and for a steal, T, and you get immediately get thrown out. And my whole thing is with that, Forrest Wall is a guy that everybody knows he's designated. That's the only reason he's on this roster because of running, right? You know what I'm saying? So my whole thing is, like, at least give the the, the batter the opportunity to, you know, to, to bring him in. Don't yeah. go immediately. I, if you're going to do that, I just feel like that is that was just not a horrible decision on in my part because my whole thing is like you gotta you gotta line up you got the bats and, and give those guys an opportunity to to make a play for you not Forrest Wall Forrest Wall is not gonna win you a game on this roster team I'm looking forward to the guys that's already been in this lineup to yeah. bring those guys in and and hopefully you know and get the dub yeah I'm looking for the guy at first and the guy at third to have something happen for them and that literally gave. To me, it felt like you gave the Red Sox an out. And yeah. therefore, you put, then you started, you know, you brought that pressure and you kind of saw Orlando Arcia really kind of forcing it, which is why Dang. he struck out swinging and that ended the game. So, yeah, yes. I thought that was kind of a questionable play because obviously very predictable for the Red Sox. And, and he's I don't know, been struggling uh, too, you, T. Arcia's yeah. been struggling as of late. So it's just like, so why, right. yeah, why would you put him in a position where he was going to then try to do something that really he couldn't do? And that's, again, mm-hmm. why he went down swinging, struck out swinging. And also, you're looking at a guy in Wall where I'm, I'm watching or listening rather to the play and, and then watching the replay and thinking, that, that was the guy. I, we know that that's what you have him especially for, but I just didn't think that was the situation in which he was best positioned to actually be able to make a play. Yeah, and 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 it's it's just unfortunate because, like you said, you feel like the Braves had the opportunity to to get that win. It's just like it was just a couple of little things that you know a bad decision here or uh, or, or or a bad decision there, and it ends up costing you the game. I feel like, and you know, just for those things that we just named, Spencer Strider being taken out early, and Forrest Walls might be t- put adding pressure to a guy who's already had been struggling at the plate as of late. All but you know, one little. Positive teeth from last night. You know, Ozzy Albies, you know, he put the Braves in position to win. And, you know, uh, but I, I I think that one of the things that, you know, was also a little bit weird, you know, we understand Ozzy, you know, getting his, getting, getting his, getting his foot, footing and everything as far as being able to produce and everything. But defensively, something we haven't had to worry about, you know, he get the, the error last night. 
And it just seemed to be continuing a, a nice little trend of just simple mistakes and, and, and routine plays not being made by what we what we used to see in T. Yeah, and one of the things that concerns me is this. Yes, the Braves still have the best record in baseball. Yes, they're still 10 games ahead of the Phillies, and that is the largest divisional lead of any team that's leading their division. However, you look at the fact that just it feels like just a few days ago that lead was 17 and a half in the division, right? And it feels like the lead was eight games ahead in all of Major League Baseball. So as you begin to have the basics that don't look like the basics, I think that is also where you get challenged because it's like, okay, if we can't rely on solid at-bats at the plate, if we can't rely on our defensive prowess, and if we can't get one of our critical guys that's right there up in ace territory to do what he's supposed to do, then is you start whittling it away, just like the Braves were able to do last year, it's the same thing. Other teams are coming for you as well. So you've got to at least get the fundamentals right so that you can keep that space and that distance as you continue to steadily approach two things, the trade deadline, so that there's not that as much pressure on you, as well as, of course, the postseason. The Atlanta Braves are 3-70 and 70 in their last 10 games. But thankfully, on the bright side of that, the Philadelphia Phillies, who are 10 games back of the Braves, they are 5-5. Five and five. So, yeah, everybody's in the division is struggling right now. So hopefully – the Braves can get out of this funk and, and continue to kind of move once they get ready to go up against the Milwaukee Brewers. Folks, I want to let you know that this episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It is the number one sportsbook in America. Guess what, guys? All you got to do is drop $20, and you're going to get up to $200 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Win or lose, baby. They're going to give you $200, and guess what? You can do use that to bet on the money line, the the over-unders. You can bet the first home run. Who's going to hit the first home run? Braves bat have been a little lowly as of late, so you know they're going to catch fire at some point. So hey, you can put some money on that. And guess what, guys? The app, it is safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. You don't have to worry about anybody getting your, your information or anything like that. Plus, once you make the bet and it clears, you get your money right away you don't have to worry about going to anybody's house and go pulling up trying to put get your money and everything like that they got it right there it's super easy you're gonna drop it right into your account all you got to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n and you're going to be able to take advantage of up to two hundred dollars in bonus bets back at win or lose it's fanduel.com slash locked on it is the official Sportsbook betting partner of Major League Baseball. So what is your bet on whether or not Jesse Bates the third will have an immediate and profound impact on a secondary that really, really, other than A.J. Terrell, and especially when A.J. Terrell went down, really got it handed to themselves on a weekly basis. So that said, Jarvis, I know you got a chance to catch up with Jesse Bates at Falcons training camp. And so what were your thoughts on your conversation with him, especially in terms of him possibly facilitating for the Falcons what he was able to do for the Bengals. You know what? That was that was kind of one of the things that I really feel like the guy kind of understands what his role is. And you can tell like he's had those conversations with Arthur Smith and Ryan Nielsen. Hey, here's what we're trying to do. And because he, when I asked him about, you know, what it brought what brought him to Atlanta, he was very honest. He was just saying, hey, they saw what I did in Cincinnati and, and being around and 
the division kind of being in flux and nobody really taking advantage of, you know, or, or taking the division by, by, by hand or whatever. So he was saying how, hey, that's kind of the, what the same position that the Falcons are in right now. Like, I know some people are saying the Saints and all that stuff, you know, going with the veteran quarterback and Dennis Allen as a head coach. I don't know why, but, you know, those are some of the things that people are looking at saying, hey, those guys should win the division. But overall, overall landscape of the NFC South, it's pretty much up for grabs. So he was saying, hey, that's what I saw when I came down here. And I was like, I looked, I saw it as an opportunity to come down. And also, he was also very honest as well, T. Too, T, when you talk about the money, the money piece, yeah, that's talking about generational wealth being able to change the the trajectory of his family's you know uh 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 in in game or whatever so i think all of those things kind of uh boil down to to me when i was talking to him i'm just like all right this cat understands what's going on he understands what it what it means to be coming in at, as a safety that's probably one of the highest paid safeties in the league and you know and people not really passing out that type of money anymore I really think he understands the assignment. And when you have guys who understand what they need to do, you know that those guys are coming in fully prepared to come in and, and, and make plays and, and have an effect on those teams because he's been through it before. Yeah, and I think for him as well, he's coming to into what I feel like is a good situation, right? Because right. you do have a healthy A.J. Terrell. You do have a healthy Richie Grant. You do have a Jeff Okuda who's looking to prove it. But not only Jeff Okuda, you have a lot of guys in that secondary who are looking to prove themselves and really looking to see how they can be better. As I think A.J. Terrell put it, giving an opportunity once the guys up front give them what they need, put them in position to make a play. For them, that's a good thing. They see that as an advantage compared to prior years. AJ Terrell was right. saying they see it as an advantage. So, yeah, hopefully Jesse Bates the third at least sees some of what he saw in what he had with the Bengals. And like you said, the opportunity to make an impact and really have quarterbacks and offensive coordinators think twice before they test the Falcons secondary. Now, the other thought I had was this. I just mentioned all of the veterans and all of the Falcons secondary players who could potentially benefit from having a Jesse Bates III in the DB core, particularly A.J. Terrell. Why do I say that, Jarvis? Because he's a guy who has been now with this team, what, four years? And he's seen it all. He's seen ups, downs as far as the sort of rotating, the rotation and players rotating in and out. Spin the carousel. Whatever exactly. corner I'm going to throw on the side of me. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. Who in the world is going to be on that other island, if you will? He's also seen his fair share of DB coaches and DCs. And now it seems like there's finally going to be some stabilization there. So we're looking to say, okay, if you've got Okuda, if you've got Bates, if you've got Grant, we need to see an uptick and we need to go back to the AJ Terrell that we saw in prior years. I say that because we've talked also a lot about getting a Calais Campbell, right? About getting a Caden Ellis and about getting a David Onyemata and how much that's going to improve the Falcons up front. But specifically, Grady Jarrett is who I believe might be a benefactor. We're hoping he is, right? Because we looked at mm -hmm. him last year and we saw guys just saying, ha, we can double team him, triple team him if we feel like it because nobody right. else is going to check me. Now you right. got guys that can check those other guys, which Jarvis, in your conversation with David Onyemata and just what you saw, wouldn't you think that this is a year where we need to also and want to also see an uptick from Grady? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because here's the thing, like, like those guys kind of understand, come from a space where they're understanding like, hey, 
more than likely, I'm going to be a double team on Sunday. Like, you yes. know what I'm saying? Like, you go into it with those expectations. But now, those guys really understand, like, now it's kind of like, okay, you're going to have to pick and choose your battle. Yes. And and that on on varying, depending on what play it is, like, you're going to be double team, and I'm going to be single block. So, somebody's going to benefit, whether it be David Onyemata and Grady Jarrett. I think Grady Jarrett's going to benefit the yeah. most, you know what I'm saying, from, from time to time. But... Like at the end of the day, David Onyemata might his you might see an uptick in his sacks, or you might see an uptick in his uh, TFLs because hey, people are still gonna pay attention to Grady Jarrett because that's what they're used to. That's the film that they have. Like okay, yes. we can know we gotta pay attention to nine seven, but now that Onyemata is, is in place, you're gonna have to play around with it a little bit. And then the more you get the offense to, to thinking about who's gonna who you're gonna double team or who's gonna double team on what particular play, like that's. When you get the offense to thinking yes. when it comes to the game plan, because hey, coming in on Sundays last year, nine seven, that's all we got to worry about. Yep. And then we're good. Now, not so much. It's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit more of a thought process as to how you're gonna game plan, specifically yeah. in the run game. And I even asked on your mother about that, and I absolutely love his answer. I was like, hey, like, do you understand? You know, did you guys kind of have conversations about what? You know what it's going to mean for you guys to be able to get more sing, more single blocks because of how good you are going to be together. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was like, man, sometimes things are better left unsaid because we already know. He said, we understand, we know what we bring to the table. So, and we understand that, hey, this is where we are, and we know that we're going to be able to take advantage of some single blocks on Sundays more mm-hmm. so than what we've done in the past. Yeah, and it's interesting because when you look at Grady's numbers and you mentioned TFLs are tackles for loss and how important those can be as well, because we oftentimes talk just about sacks. But when you start getting into a space of tackles for loss or you start getting into a space of uh, hurries, if you will, all of those things kind of they matter. QB pressures, all of it matters. And when you look at Grady's stats, they've gone progress. They kind of, you know, go up and down, if you will. And granted, he did have six sacks in 2022 compared to 2021. So we do want to kind of give credit there, but just in terms of like his tackling, if you will, uh, solo tackles in particular, that number was down. Why are solo tackles difficult? Well, it's difficult when you have two or three people in front of you to be able to get around. Yeah. To be able to get around two or three players and make tackles. So yeah, I think there's absolutely every opportunity to see an uptick for Grady. But like you said, if you're not careful, you're not paying attention to the fact that there are guys who are going to be around Grady who are looking to make an uptick as well. Like I said, we talk about David Anyamata or not. Like, I don't think we talk about him enough, right? And I right. also don't think we talk enough about Caden Ellis and how important he can be to that linebacker core because it really just depends on, of course, how he's going to be used in particular packages versus, say, how a Lorenzo Carter might be used or even how a Troy Anderson, if he's used, how he's used, and uh, Arnold Evacanti as well. So I think that's going to be another thing for us to look at in training camp, kind of seeing how these new acquisitions are being used. And also maybe, of course, it'll only be a couple snaps or maybe um, a couple of um, plays during the, the preseason, if you will, a couple of series, but ultimately just to kind of see if there's 
any impact that can indicate what we might see in the regular season. What do you guys think? I mean, do you think that Grady is going to have a positive uptick and get back to doing nine, seven things with all of these new acquisitions? Let us know your thoughts. Don't forget to drop us a comment in YouTube, or if you have questions, I mean, we're going to be out at Flowery Branch. We will be able to see things and be able to share our thoughts and answer your questions. And of course, don't forget that you can watch ATL Day Ones on YouTube, but you can also download this amazing podcast wherever you download your podcasts. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about with that, because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. T, when you think about Jeff T time here with the Atlanta Hawks, it was kind of like, you know, he was a solid player. Yeah. But just a overall, just quiet guy. Like, I feel like I didn't know anything about him. Um, I knew he had a brother that was pretty good in Marcus. You know, he played at Kentucky. And that was kind of the only insight that we got into his life and who he was as a person. But now, um, fast forward to now, T, the dude on the podcast, it seemed like he got a funny story every week that he used to tell about when he was time in NBA. So this one particular story he, I thought was just, just super, super funny. He was talking about how the time when Chris Paul talked trash to him. And he had walked up to Chris Paul, you know, before the game. You know, they just kind of, you know, being cordial. Like, hey, what's up? What's going on and everything. And then uh, Jeff T had uh, looked at Chris Paul's shoes. He's like, man, wait for his shoes. Those don't kind of dope. I might need to get me a pair. All good, right? You know, uh, <clears throat> got a little interesting later on in the game once the game got started. You know, they started talking back and forth. And then Chris Paul walked over to Paul George and said, man, how this dude trying to talk trash to me? He was up here asking me to give him some shoes early in the game. <laughs> and then, and then Jeff T was like, wait a minute, bro. Like, hold on, man. Don't even try to do me like that. So, yeah, it's just really cool to see guys. Now, I know sometimes I complain about have podcast equipment being too cheap because, you know, a lot of people I hear just I hear talking and running off at their mouths. But I love to see stuff like this. Like insight into the players and who they really are, you know. He's like, okay, Jeff T was actually a pretty cool cat, and he's pretty funny too as well. <laughs> yeah, like if that conversation and you know the clips from the podcast had been Lou Will, okay, I, that would have been expected because I was literally trolling right. on yes. uh, Instagram last night and came across. I follow Lou Williams and came across a clip from Lil Wayne. And of course, Lou was like, yeah, you know, don't don't tell me nothing about Tucci because I get down with Tucci. So he did this whole like tribute video to Lou Will and you know it was wow. like laced with more profanity than I probably say in a, a year uh <laughs> that Lil Wayne got out in like three minutes but yes. you know and then Lou came with his commentary so I would expect that if that was Lou Will but Jeff T as I was listening I was like I didn't even know Jeff T had a pulse like right I mean <laughs> I've never seen anybody mm. use seven words and stretch it as well as Jeff T did in media avails <laughs> For the Hawks. I just, I, yes, I didn't know. Yes. Good guy, nice guy. I remember covering or being invited rather to a luncheon where he was promoting his foundation and oh, had a chance yeah. to talk to him there. And he talked to me a little bit more because that was a passion point for him, right? right. But other no than that, I could count on one hand and not need all fingers to tell you how many times Jeff T said more than seven words. However, if you guys have a few minutes to check out this <laughs> podcast, anytime Jeff Teague is trending in the middle of Thursday, in the middle of July or end of July, you know it's good stuff. I'm telling you, man, you cannot make this up. And like you said, it just reminds you like 
we say um, celebrities are just like us. Well, enter Jeff yeah. T who was talking to his sister who had never come to a game and talked to her for so long. He missed the bus. <laughs> and then and the coach, coach Bud responded to him. him. <laughs> right. The bus circles back and the coach basically says, get the F on the bus. And he was like, yeah, yeah. I got a new, my time was a lot. My that time was, was down. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I love it, love it, love it. Because how many of us can tell crazy stories like that of Absolutely. almost missing the bus, me, or, mm -hmm. you know, missing the bus outright and somebody coming back around like this fool. Exactly. Did she not exactly. see this bus pulling off? Right. I won't exactly. tell you that my sister, though. But anyway, yeah. moving along. <laughs> yes, no doubt. And uh, speaking of trending, you know, Jeff T trending out here because, you know, he's dropping the little, the little hot clips on, on online and everything like that. But um, Arthur Smith was trending <laughs> yesterday, T, uh, because he uh, came out with the the solo porn stash. You know what I'm saying? He had the porn stash jump going on. And, uh, yes, I'm sorry. Like, no, let me just, no. Let me just, go, let me just say it. this because, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like every time I see a, a white man, you know what I'm saying, our white brethren with the, the solo porn stash, like, that's that's immediately what comes to it my mind. It just reminds you of adult films. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Dirt Diggler, you know? Yeah, you know, like, yeah, let's see, let's see, I see what you did. You trying to make me seem like, yeah, I'm a bad person. Like I said adult sorry. films. I tried to clean it up. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. I'm going to go with he reminded me of Spencer Strider. I'm going to go okay, with Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah like, I, I like his going. rationale Hold for it, it yes. where he said it was basically, you know, him. He's so tongue-in-cheek, and you never know when he's going to make a joke. He's made a joke talking to you before. He's made yes. a joke talking to me before. I mean, he really, and he knows and us. Like, him make too, us. like, yeah. Yeah, like, he knows yeah. us individually well enough to know who he can make the joke with, how he can make the joke, and he allows you to make a comeback on the joke. So, yes. it, it, yeah, it just, he's 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 quick with it. He's, he's yes. highly intelligent and quick with it all at the same time. So he says that, hey, after 10 years of marriage, he just kind of thought he would switch it up. And that got me thinking because there's always that debate. It's a lifestyle, too, T. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's <laughs> a, a lifestyle. lifestyle. I died. I literally, I was like, I can't with you, Art Smith. It's a lifestyle and it's a change. And it's always funny because we as women talk about those kinds of things. Like, right. Yeah. We always mm -hmm. say you guys have your commentary on our hair, but we got our commentary on your facial hair, whether or not we like a goatee, sure. a stash, a shadow, just whatever. Yeah. I think it's, you know, like for, for, for men, you know what I'm saying? When you think about like, you know, specifically for black men, cause that's what I am, you know? So that's what I talk about. I, I think that, you know, there's never, it's never an option for me in the household that I grew up in, to cut off all my facial hair, yeah. you know, and and my, and my wife, you know, she'll look at me crazy when I do it too. She was like, "Jarvis, what are you doing?" You know, yeah. or she might make a little snide comment and not say she doesn't like it, but I know the comment that she makes. I already know exactly what she means, where <laughs> she's coming from. So yeah. I I I, I um, <laughs> commend Arthur Smith for trying to spice things up a little bit, you know, kind of yeah. switch it up because. Yeah. yeah, it was it was very it was kind of thick too. It was a little chunky. You know, it was a little, was, little mustache. Yeah. I'm like, man, so he had put some little effort into it. So yeah, right. I, I commend him for you know trying to switch it up after ten years because you know yeah. I just made ten years on yes, you did. October of last year. So yeah, yeah. So you know if you have a switch up in the 
that it's kind of like, I don't know about the stash, but if you have a switch up, you know, that's some that you get a cosign on because that approval and that cosign are key, then yeah, I, I love to see it because hey, you know, we notice things as well. Like you might say, hey T, you know, nice look today. Like your hair that way. Or I might say, hey, Jarvis, nice cut that you got today. So yeah, yeah. We, we try to em- encourage each other when we know that, you know, we hit the nail on the head or we, we kind of hit the mark, right? But when you yeah. said that, it kind of reminded me too of two things. Number one, um, no, normally I do notice things. And I remember my friend was like, hey, sweetie, did you did you not notice I don't have any facial hair? And I was like, what? How did I not notice that? And I looked up and I was like, oh my God. Like it was <laughs> like, ugh. It just, it freaked me out. I was like, what? I'm sure that wasn't the look he was, the response he was going for. I was like, what what happened? Are you okay? Like, is there something wrong? He was like, no, I had to do it for work because there are certain spaces that you can't go in with facial hair. And I was just like, so how how quickly can it grow back? Because like (laughs) a black man with no facial hair. Yeah, I can't that ain't that ain't cute. That ain't right. That ain't real. So I was like, yeah, I gotta do something with it. And then I remember another time when he was like, hey, oh babe. Um, you know, I, I have my, my shadow because, you know, you said you like it. No, I didn't. Mm. That me. <laughs> no, I, I, I like the goatee. Like wrong, wrong, uh, wrong, bae. wrong bae. <laughs> Right. And he about face went red. Like literally he was like, no, no, I'm pretty sure that's what you, no, I, I, I didn't say that. Nah, nah, oh, nah, best nah. believe the next time right back to the goatee. Not that I didn't like the shadow. It was rocking too, but oh, Hey, man. if I got a, you know, if I have a, a, oh, a pick, man. certain guys, it just depends, you know? Like sometimes yeah, no you yeah. go to it, it varies. That's, yeah. that's your be- best look. Your shadow might be your best look as well. Don't really know anybody who I've had an interest in that had a stash. And I thought, wow, that's great. No. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, Arthur Smith, I, I think we've come to the conclusion that um, Arthur Smith is the only person that can pull yes. off the solo st- and Spencer Strider, I'm going to give you a cosign yeah, as well because it works. It when it works, it works, right? And hopefully, something will work out for the praise when they get back home. Because, like you said, you're talking about dropping three of the last four, you're talking about once again leaving runners in scoring position and some defensive miscues that we're not accustomed to seeing. So hopefully, they'll get back home, take on the Brewers starting tomorrow, and they'll get back to form just like they were in Milwaukee against the Brewers last week. And so we'll talk about that. More feedback and reaction from Falcons training camp. And of course, the Dream are in the NYC looking for another dub against the Liberty. So we'll break that down for you tomorrow as well. So make sure you come back so you can get all the tea, all the tea about Atlanta sports. And folks, if you don't do anything else in your life, make sure that you will share love, show love, Check with Bay before you cut your hair and spread some love. <laughs> hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.